So I'm not going back and forth with a man who thinks that they should be in my position. If you want to be in my position, get in my position. Do you believe that? Bluff City Media presents the Anthony Sane Show on YouTube at Bluff City Media. Stepping up to the microphone is your host, Anthony Sane. Acknowledge me. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to the Anthony Sane Show. I, of course, and your host, Anthony Sane, here live at the Bluff City Media Studios. Kenny Stubberfield, what's going on, my brother? My brother, it is 5 o'clock and it is dark outside. Oh, yeah, man, it's man, dark as hell. You know, it gets dark at 2.30. Man, it's weird. It's, it's funny how one hour of time makes you lose like eight of them. Seems I'll like, tell you man. what. But it's a good day, though, man. Oh, great day, man. Weather's good. Uh, just feels like there's a winning culture back in the city of Memphis, man. This weekend was a good weekend. Yeah, for good weekend. Memphis sports. Uh, the Tiger football picked up a win. The uh, Lady Tiger soccer team. Uh, picked up a win in the NCAA tournament. I think the guys did as well. Um, or they're preparing to play or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they got into the NCAA tournament. This yeah. The, the the women's basketball team, uh, great effort against Tennessee, man, uh, on the road, battled that Tennessee team. Shout out to uh, Coach Simmons over there for what she's doing. We'll talk about that later on in the show. Um, the Grizzlies seem like they got a pulse. They got some fight. They got start some- pulling those standings out, realize this thing ain't as bleak. It's a lot of booty-ass teams in the NBA right now. A lot of average-ass teams. A lot of parity in the NBA. So the Grizzlies ain't feeling, you know, too far. The Clippers with four four uh, all-stars on that team. All-world players yeah. can't do nothing. Two MVPs in man. their starting lineup and uh, looking terrible, man. Uh, we'll talk about that as well. Uh, got Paris Sharkey, of course. This is a Wednesday. So Paris Sharkey is in the building uh, for today's show. But I'm going to talk about this, man. I think that at this point um, – I'm going to get out the way real quick. I'm going to talk about this. I talk a lot about our roster hemorrhaging on this team. And I, I'll i say this. We're not there anymore. They're not in a hemorrhaging state. You got Santi Aldama back. You got Luke Kennard back. You picked up <clears throat> uh, Bismack Biombo to be your starting center. You're getting Xavier Tillman back uh, tonight or yesterday, whenever you're watching the show, uh, for the Laker game. The only players that you expected to be on this team on opening day, uh, going into the training camp, who right. aren't here, are John Morant, right. who's on suspension, uh, Derrick Rose, who you only got a couple games out of him anyway. But you've also picked up Jacob Gilliard. So that's kind of a trade-off. Whatever you thought Derrick Rose was going to be, you picked up Jacob Gilliard, who's now your starting point guard. And, of course, you're out Steven Adams. But I, w- I kind of won't even count him because we haven't seen Steven Adams in a very long time. So this team is a team who has been very good over the last few years uh, without Steven Adams, without Brandon Clark. Of course, they got bounced in, in the Lakers series. But if you look at their winning percentage, they're around, I think, 58% winning percentage. which would have still been second in the West even without Steven Adams last year. Right. And you got a guy in Bismack Biyombo who does a lot of stuff Steven Adams does. Right. And if you look at his stats and what he's been doing lately – it's really not much fall off between what he's doing and what Steven Adams did. Plus, he's a little bit more athletic and he blocks a few more shots. 100%. So, you, this team at this point, it's kind of time to go into that stretch. 15 games left. Uh, by the time you watch this, we would have already played the Lakers. Super late start for the Lakers, too. Probably won't see a second of that game, to be honest with you. It will be the second game in a while. Uh, second game, not in a row, but two out of the last three games, I ain't seen a second of them. Um, but you, you can't, you're not hemorrhaging anymore. And I think at this point, it's time to kind of look at things going forward and kind of look at that. Because there's, there's this thing where we've given, given Taylor Jenkins absolute 
exemption from criticism. Like we've given him a pass for this season. And I, I don't think that was truly the best thing to do, the best course of action until now, these first 10 games of the season. And I definitely don't think it's the case going forward because we can't do the injury thing the entire year. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, you're, you're going to be out Steven Adams without Brandon Clark for the rest of the season. You're without John Morant. But I ask this question. Is, is the injury thing with the Grizzlies a major concern? Yes. Is Taylor Jenkins maximizing what he has? Are you looking at Taylor Jenkins and, and saying, damn, that dude is really coaching the hell out of this team. He's given, you know, every game that we could have won, I think that we did we won. And if we didn't win, it wasn't because of coaching. It's because of a couple of bad calls, bad fouls, or, you know, missed shots, or whatever. There are instances in this two and eight where I feel like it's been all on Taylor Jenkins. Mm. And I'll talk to Paris about some of these things too. Now, am I saying, because this is what's been really ticking me off. I've been posing the question, I've been posing honest criticism. Uh, for Taylor Jenkins, things that you know we have to uh, kind of take a look at. And the response from people is, well, who do you expect to win with these injuries? Or what, what, are you firing and who? And how do you fire? I'm not saying fire that dude. But don't tell me he doesn't deserve some criticism for some of the stuff we've seen. Come on, bro. Like, let's, let's be for real about this. Like, there are things about Taylor Jenkins that deserve criticism. Number one is a guy that plays for Houston right now. It looks like a totally different guy than when he was here for the last five years, and that's Dylan Brooks. There are a lot of fact. There are a lot of factors that have led to Dylan Brooks looking like a different player than he was when he was here. Number one is that I feel like Dylan Brooks um, being drafted as a rookie, playing on a team that didn't have Jaron Jackson Jr., didn't have John Morant, didn't have Desmond Bain. It was Dylan Brooks and a bunch of dudes for the most part. It was uh, uh, Marcus Gasol, Mike Conley, those guys were your two star players. Then you had this young guy, Dylan Brooks, who looked like the first rookie that we had that was good in ages since Mike Conley. You know what I mean? That type of shit. And when that team went down and when they started tanking, they gave Dylan Brooks the ball and told him, go get your shots off. Go, you know, you, th- you, th- you the Mabel Mama, hey, go ahead. You, th- you the Canadian Kobe, do- hey, do that too, whatever. Go have fun, kid. And that's what he was allowed to do. And we saw flashes of of him being a good player. The next season, he had an injury. And um, but you remember, uh, JB Bickerstaff was not starting Dylan Brooks. He was starting Gary Temple. And then Dylan came back the next year, had a career year, got his contract, got paid, all those type of things. By that point, you had John Morant, you had Jaron Jackson Jr. there, and he saw those guys come on this team. We've, we've made all these reasons for why Dylan Brooks is, does things the way he does. But in one season, not even a season, a few games, we've seen a totally different – now, I don't, think that, I don't think Dylan Brooks' shooting numbers are real. I think yeah, that's yeah. a mirage. I don't think he's a good shooter ever. And I, I, don't, I don't ever think he will be. But he's playing in control. He's not getting up a lot of shots. I was the person who said, I'm a Udoka is going to be babysitting the babysitter. Hmm. That's what I said was going to happen. That's not happening. And I think that's coaching, man. That's a, that was. I'm sure there was a series of sit downs with Dylan. It probably involved a lot of cursing, probably involved a lot of, you know, MFs, N words, whatever, a holes, whatever, J- uh, Jack, all that. I'm sure all those things were had in conversation. 
Or it might have just been something as simple as, bro, I believe in you. I need you. Come on, man. Like, let's get this together. Former player to current player. Former hard-nosed role player to current hard-nosed role player. I believe in you, bro. I need you. I need you to be this and not that. And it could have been a simple, all right, coach, I got you. I doubt those conversations ever have happened between Dylan and Taylor Jenkins. When did Dylan get his big uh, extension from Memphis? I want to say that was his third season. Third season? I want to say that was uh, Jaws' first year. Yeah, it, lined, it was Jaws' first season when he got that money. He had about a 10-game stretch during that year. Where he was murdering. Where he was murdering. And he got that extension. And it, they had the stat every time the, the Dylan Brooks scores 20, the Grizzlies win. They're only at nine games right now, Houston. Yeah. Give it one more game. <laughs> I, I think it's all a mirage. The suit, the suit Dylan I think is, is who he is, bro. The suit I think is. But I think that if you notice what they're doing, they're using Dylan like a power forward more than a wing. They're not using – he's not playing like a wing player. He's playing like a P.J. Tucker. I will honestly say I haven't seen a single minute of Houston play. I've seen a little bit. And they're, they're, not, they're not using him like a wing at all. And I think that's that's smart coaching, man. Like that's – now do I think that Taylor Jenkins could come in and change Dylan from what he was here? No, I think I think him getting away has helped him. But I think there are certain things about Taylor Jenkins that we have to be critical about, man. Like running with the uh, Patrick St. Andrew offense as long as they did, knowing that shit wouldn't work. Playing Jake LaRavia. Knowing that shit wasn't working. Not playing Kenneth Lofton at all. And when he comes in, he's giving you good minutes. Not, not, get, not getting Zaire Williams his testicular implant that he needs. <laughs> not using Zaire Williams for anything other than a guy who's, you know, not trying to unlock his mid-range game. Sorry, Zaire. And I'm not going to give you props for uh, the Jacob Gilliam stuff, man, because y'all had the Shaquille Harrison dude out there at the beginning of the season, like in preseason. Y'all didn't have plans for – y'all didn't think Jacob – y'all – had that dude on the roster because you thought Jacob Gilliard wasn't going to be that dude. Don't tell me anything different, man, because if I'm not mistaken, I think that Shaquille Harrison dude was getting the first calls off the bench before Jacob Gilliard was. Jacob Gilliard was getting, like, garbage time minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Playing Jake LaRavia too much. Did I say that already? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, you've said it. You said Gigi it, yeah. Jackson hasn't played a minute. That dude's looking like Kevin Durant in the G League right now. You mean he still ain't never played this dude. Like, I, I'm not saying get rid of Taylor Jenkins, but he is not above criticism. And if you look throughout history, he's not Greg Popovich. He's not Eric Spolster. Those are the two coaches in my lifetime that I've seen withstand this type of stuff, that I've seen be the coach of a team forever. Has and, Taylor Jenkins made moves this year in the nine games that they've played, mm -hmm. ten games that they've played, that you give him credit for? What has he done? What what, what tweaks? Oh, has it he made? took real nuts to put Jacob Gillard out there. Real nuts. I'll give him credit for that for sure. And and changing the offense midstream, right? His is I gotta give him credit for that too. But that call matter came from up top. And look how many games it took before. Bro, I would have realized the first quarter. Nah, this shit ain't working. These dudes can't shoot. The 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 the, the Xavier Tillman corner threes ain't it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, we're gonna see them tonight, so they might still be in the. <laughs> <laughs> they might still be in the. In the they might still in the be tuck, in, the, huh? in the repertoire. <laughs> yeah, man, that and just you've been hemorrhaging in the center. You get um, uh, Bismack Biombo. You don't even play him the first game. That that type of stuff, man. It's just it's man, just. He's been with stuff. the team for like a minute and a half. It don't matter, bro. I saw them play 
uh, Josh rookie year, we got Anthony Tolliver on this team. Anthony Tolliver played his first game. And he, just got and he and do you remember when he he came in and hit some threes and yeah. everybody's like, what the hell? Got poor man's got old man Jaron out there, man. Yeah. That dude played his very first game for the Grizzlies. Like off the, off the plane playing. I think he's made some moves. I think moving off Zaire and mm -hmm. moving off Jake has been commendable because those guys clearly don't have it. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm gonna say that too, man. As we wrap this thing up, we're gonna get got Paris Shark in the building. I'm gonna say this: the front office deserves criticism, man. Yeah. The 2021, no, the 2022 draft. 2022 draft, draft yep. Yeah. Nasty work, bro. Nasty work that offseason. And then you double down again this offseason. And shout out to Brian Botta, man. You could have you could have signed Kelly Uber. <laughs> like you could have signed him for the, the MLE. You could have signed Kelly Oubre. He's had an injury. Prayers out to him, man. Got hit in a car crash. Let's say he no, was on the. He got hit. He was standing on the side of the road, bro. Yeah. He got hit, man. Come on, man. You, you, there were guys you could have signed in for the MLE this summer. You could have signed Isaiah Hardenstein last last summer. Like, there are things about this front office, and uh, I can't remember my guy's name on Twitter, but he brought this up too. Once you hit on, once you hit on Ja, right. Once you hit on Jaren, once you hit on Desmond Bain. Once you found a nice rotation big in Xavier Tillman, another rotation big in Santiago Aldama, whatever Zaire is going to be, I'm, I'm all for him. But once you start getting those guys, once you start get building those guys in the draft, especially once you start getting rid of guys like the Grayson Allens and yep. the, the uh, Kyle uh, Anderson, the Kyle Andersons, the Anthony Meltons, you got rid of JV, those type of guys, you start, okay, these are our core guys. Right. I don't care about any payroll but these dudes. Like, as long as they got max salaries, I don't care. Not being able to go out and, and surround those guys with rotation players yet is an issue. Yeah, That window ain't closed. You can still go get dudes to put around them. But trying to do that through the draft, continuing to do that through the draft, Brandon Clark, too, we've got to put him in that mix. But once you start, once you hit on that level of guys, the older those guys you identify to be your stars are, you can't keep drafting to find guys to play around them. You they got, got a little greedy, I yeah, think. Yeah, they got, they got arrogant, they got greedy, and they got green. They, this is still a very – these guys are new to this. You know what I mean? So I think those things need to be criticized. It's not too late to fix those things. Uh, Bismack Biombo has been playing well. You're going to have to make some roster decisions with him because he's going to be on this roster after 25 games. Absolutely. Jacob Gilliard is making it very hard because he's a guy that's on a two-way. You got to figure out what you're going to do with him. I think the solution is not just go out there and, 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 and wave Kenneth Lofton. You need to find, find ways to turn two guys into one. Period. I don't know, care what you do. It ain't got to be for no star-level player. You got to find a way to free up roster spots without just waving a dude. If you want to wave Kenneth Lofton, fine. But you need to do a two-for-one trade, too, to try to free up some roster space and bring in some dudes that can play. Because if you want to make a run this season, you can't just add John Morant to this mix when you've got uh, two guys out with injury and uh, a bunch of dudes who are you know going back and forth to the G League uh, in your rotation. You got to get some guys who can play on this team. And it can't be John Conchar running up and down the court. It can't be Zaire Williams running up and down the court. You gotta find some dudes that can run up and down the court and score. Come on, man. I don't know. I don't care how they do it. But I'm gonna slide the way, man. Uh, like I said, 15 more games and John Moran is here. Just want to get my quick assessment of the first 10 games. We know what it is. We know what it can be. We know what it's supposed to be. It's gonna be a fun show today. Paris Shark is in the building. Uh, my three pointer is is gonna be fun as well. And uh, inside the same brain, we're going to talk about Andre 3000, a.k.a. Doug Flutie out here, man. But uh, <laughs> about to take a break. When we come back, Paris Shark is going to be in the building. We'll see you guys in a minute here on the Anthony Sanders Show.
Bluff City Media and Bluff City NIL are proud partners of Coaching for Literacy, a Memphis nonprofit using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. When you donate to Bluff City NIL through Coaching for Literacy, your gift is 100% tax deductible. This partnership is a win-win-win. Tiger student-athletes win in the NIL landscape, Coaching for Literacy wins by engaging Tiger student-athletes in this monumental cause, and most importantly, elementary students in Memphis receive support to become strong readers. To donate today, visit coachingforliteracy.org slash bluff hyphen city. You see a lot of people who go after Ryan and say, oh my gosh, you know, uh, same old story, letting a bad team back in the game, almost losing or losing most of the time. They actually won this one. As a football guy, as a dude who just watched the players, who watched that game with my eyeballs, I saw a collective letting go of the rope. Now, I guess if you're going to go after Ryan, you'd say, we've seen this before. This continues to happen. He didn't have his guys ready to go. I thought they were in positions to go make plays. They just didn't make the plays they were supposed to. And that's frustrating to me. When you see a comeback like that, it just almost becomes confirmation bias for a lot of the fan base. Uh, It's like, look at this. This shit's happening again. again. Again, Right. It's like confirmation bias. But if you really watch that game, it was a, a... collective letting go of the rope by a lot of the players actually playing on the field. And it was just, it was very strange to me. Tune into On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Did Trent Dilfer break bro code? You talking about with the uh, QB? Yes, he did. Sitch? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's hard for me to say because we're not there. They said he just didn't pass protocol that day. So at what point did he take the concussion protocol test? I have no idea. But I will tell you that Ryan was not happy in the radio post game about it at all. Well, I think they're supposed to give you a list. And, and maybe they did saying that, hey, he's questionable. He may not make it. I heard nothing over Zeno not playing. Oh, no. Yeah, it wasn't until, it like, until McMurphy tweeted it. Exactly. At, I don't know. Like literally, as they were kicking ten thirty, <laughs> that he wasn't playing. I yeah. had no clue either. Uh, but yeah, Ryan was not happy. He said some of the effect of like, "I will always remain to be open and let people know what's going on injury wise and who is playing, who's not." Sure, they throw a quarterback out there with full pads and a helmet on, warming up, and then don't play him. He was that was obviously very uh, annoying. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with T.J. Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at three p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Anthony Sane Show. We got my man, Paris Sarkey, like we have each and every Wednesday here on Anthony Sane Show. He is in the building. Uh, Paris Sarkey, of course, covers the Memphis Grizzlies. He is the Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for Bluff City Media, and he joins us today. He's got the U of M hoodie on. Good timing, because we're definitely yep. going to talk some University of Memphis time. stuff as well. Uh, Hoop City is alive and well right now, man. It's uh, The Grizzlies, record-wise, are holding <laughs> it down, but it feels like the energy is coming back around. The buzz is starting to pick up. Uh, they take on the Lakers tonight. Uh, Yesterday, they took, well, you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. yeah. By the time y'all watching this, the Lakers, Grizzlies would have played the Lakers. Um, that's going on. You got Boston coming in this weekend. Uh, the Spurs coming up soon. Some some nice, exciting games coming up. And the University of Memphis is uh, is looking like 
you know, a, a great team for Coach Penny Hardaway. But we'll start off with the Grizzlies, Parrish, if you don't mind. Um, the Grizzlies are looking like they have a pulse. As as we record this, the Grizzlies are 2-2 two and two with Bismack Biyombo. Um, I'm not surprised by anything that he's uh, done so far. Uh, we'll talk about somebody that I am surprised about. <laughs> <laughs> you know, already. Uh, <laughs> but Bismack Biyombo has been great for the team. Uh, they're 2-2 two and two with him. Rebounding, uh, blocking shots. He has a really good defensive instinct. I knew he was a shot blocker, but he just kind of knows where to be defensively. That's, that's, I didn't know he had that high of a basketball IQ. I just thought he was a wild uh, shot blocker. Shout out to uh, Christian Ingram of the No Bluffing Podcast okay. for, <laughs> for saying that. And I'll try to quote this as, as best that I can. Uh, Christian Ingram saying that, <laughs> like, uh, he's African, so you know he's in shape. What's the worst <laughs> that Christian Ingram said about Bismack Biyombo? Uh, he was like, people talking about he's going to be – you know, coming off the couch, man. He's African, so you know he's wow, in shape. Man. I was like, I, I get it. I get what you're saying. And we've seen the results of that. But Bismack Biombo has been incredible. It's kind of funny, man, because people are still like, you know, you know, we need to get a big. You know, he's still need to go. I'm like, bro, y'all watching this dude. Like, his his double-doubles are just like Steven Adams' double-doubles, man. You know what I mean? Like, his, he goes out there and he gets 10 and 12 and, and puts the, the block shots that you weren't mm. getting from Steve-O like that. Um, I think we're fine at the center spot. I think yep. – and plus, you're about to get Tillman back. Mm-hmm. I think we're fine. So, what are your thoughts on uh, Bismack Biombo, the presence he's been, and long term uh, past his 25 games? I'm I'm looking at I'm looking way into the future, man. Because I'm right. like, if you got Stephen Adams or Brandon Clark back on this roster next year, I said or for a reason. If you have one of those two guys back on this roster next year with Bismack Biombo, your front court looks a lot better than it looked, even if you had had everybody healthy this year. Right. So what what's your, what are your thoughts on on uh, Biombo for the rest of this season going forward, et cetera? Yeah, I mean, well, it's a, it's still a small sample size, four mm-hmm. games, right? But throughout his career, he's been mostly like this. Like if you saw him yeah. in Charlotte, if you saw him in Phoenix, uh, I think Toronto, he mm-hmm. who else he played for. So you've seen him. Before. Did he win a ring in Toronto? Was he on that team? I don't think so. That was Mark and yeah, that was Mark. Yeah, and yeah. Serge yep, and uh, yeah, yeah, yep. he went on that team. All right, go ahead. But yeah, if you, I mean, if you seen his career, you would have known that he would have been well. Like, I was thinking earlier today, I was really thinking about the situation with him. I was thinking about this offseason and Steve Adams' things. And I was like, if the Grizzlies are simply just created a roster space and signed Bismarck Biombo coming into the season, mm-hmm. we would all been fine when we heard Steve Adams was out for the season. Not not like yeah. totally defined, but we would have been like, okay, I'm fine knowing that we have Bismarck Biombo as a mm-hmm. backup plan. Then so for it to actually come to fruition, he come out the five games. Yeah, he's been he's been even better now. Though. Right. Considering he was fresh off the couch, considering that he wasn't on the roster, but and still it was kind of weird. Like wow, he was available, but you got to remember the way today's game works. The center is not a big position, so I can see why he really wasn't signed by anybody. But yeah, he's been a great addition. He had a really good game Sunday against the Clippers. Even got player of the game. So yeah, hey, I'm ready to see yeah. where he's like the rest of this season. Potentially beyond I me, mean, I don't think he only has a one year contract, so we'll see what what they decide to do this yeah. offseason. I haven't, um, like I said, I'm not surprised by Bismack Biombo at all. Uh, but a guy I am uh, surprised about is uh, Jacob Gilliard, aka uh, I'm surprised too, aka Tiniest Jones, aka <laughs> CP Wee. 
AKA, uh, I can't remember some of the other names. <laughs> okay, about that. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for him now, man. I'm looking for another names to have for him now, man. Um, I'll get uh, what Dane Greer said. He was four twelve. <laughs> <laughs> four foot twelve in the building. Uh, Folks on Twitter saying Jacob Gillard needs to pull up to the Anthony Saint show. <laughs> well, we got a high chair for him. Man. I don't know how much pulling up. Let me get, let me get my booster seat real quick. Hold I, mean, on. I don't know what pulling up looks like for Jacob Gillard, man. Is he? Can he drive? Is he? Can his do his feet touch the pedals when he gets in the car? <laughs> but, Let me but, tell you what that man can hoop. Hey, he got hard though. I got. I'm gonna say this, man. Like I'm hearing people say, because I got smashed. Because I got on. I got on the game. He had his first game. I was like, I didn't watch the game. I was out doing stuff, and um, I said, like this is a very unserious lineup. Like this is why we're losing. And people quickly and you know correctly corrected me. You know what I mean? They were yeah. saying, you know, he's you know Jacob's been fine. You know, are you even watching the games? And no, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not. Dude, that was one I'm of the not. funniest things. You said, are you even watching? No, no I'm not. I didn't watch a single minute watch none of that of this game. Shit. Like, none of it. Someone said, then why are you even talking about it? <laughs> right, hey, Gus. <laughs> I see Jacob Gillian, little ass in the lineup. I saw that part. I'm like, all right, man, what hey, are we doing? To man? be fair, man. Like, no, let me, let me no, finish. Okay. Go ahead. Let I'm me finish the to be fair. Here's the to be fair part. <laughs> Y'all are not going to get on me about why I didn't catch the wave of Jacob Gillian. No, I was, about it, to, I was about to back you up. When it was first announced, he was starting. Yeah. Everybody had Everybody was like, what the everybody. hell are you doing? Everybody. <laughs> but I, oh, oh, keep, then, then Bryson ass. Bryson, <laughs> you are the most... You are the most company man ass, um, <laughs> water toting ass dude, man. Like here goes Bryce. Like like uh, the Bryces of the world come with the all the receipts, all the like, bro. Get out of my face, bro. Uh, what about Zaire Williams? Why we? Yeah, uh, we gonna talk. We gonna get to Zaire, bro. Cause that man is trash. He fools y'all once again and got me. He got me. But no. Jacob Gillard, bro. Like, I'm not giving Taylor Jenkins, I'm not giving none of y'all in Greer's Twitter no props for Jacob Gillard. I'm not definitely no. not giving, hold on, I'm not giving Taylor Jenkins props. I'm not giving uh, Zach Kleiman props. Oh, you know what, want to know why? Oh. Because they had freaky ass, um, <laughs> Kennedy Jenkins. No, they had freaky ass, the last dragon, uh, uh, what's his name? <laughs> they had the, uh, Shaq. Harrison dude. Oh, yeah. They had that dude in this roster this summer because they didn't trust Jacob Gillard, bro. So, man, get the hell out of my face, bro. I'm not I'm not wrong for my assessment of Jacob Gillard, bro. They had uh, uh, Bruce Leroy on the team this damn – they had Ty <laughs> Mac on the team this damn summer. But y'all act like I'm the only somebody who thought Jake, Jacob Gillard was trash. I mean, like you're was, the only one who didn't think he was going to yeah. be trash. And, yeah. and I knew Jacob Gillard could shoot the hell out of the ball. Like, I knew that. But I wondered what his role was on the actual NBA team being five foot – Whatever he is, eight ish mm-hmm. or whatever, and I'm not wrong for being concerned about it. But I think he's a hell of a point guard. He is tiniest Jones for sure. Uh, so I, I gotta find the rest of these nicknames, man. Oh man, I gotta find the rest of. Them. But um, yeah, man, it's I'm excited to see him because, like I said, him in the starting lineup kind of simulates yep. what the lineup will ultimately look like when Jock gets here. He's mm-hmm. not a John Morant clone. But the fact that he's on the ball and he gets Marcus Smart off the ball and Smart can work can focus more on being your your third ball handler at that point, right? And then being like, uh, you know, the 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 defender, the defender dude, the dive on the ball and scoop the ball to, <laughs> you know, to uh, uh, uh that, Roddy? David Roddy, yep. dude, he could be him. So, what are your thoughts on uh, CP Wee himself? <laughs> uh, why you why you doing it? I'll be looking up the rest of the names <laughs> that I uh, that I found for him. So, well, but yeah. Of course, you know, I wrote the article about that. Uh, about oh, yeah, Jackie check that Gilliard out, too. What, uh, uh, what about, me. right, the first week of the regular season? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it, was, it just came to my mind. Like, you know, 
He on two way. They need a true point. He mm-hmm. ran, he's a true point guard. And then when I covered Hustle last year, he reminded me so much of Tyus Jones. Just just a short. He was literally just a short Tyus Jones. Like when I watched him play, I was like, oh, it's a wild statement. A short Tyus Jones, <laughs> right? And Tyus yeah, is like five Tyus Jones, Tyus Jones, exactly. Like a short <laughs> Tyus Jones. Where even and even with that, I think he's a little bit. It's just odd. He's a little bit of a defender than Tyus Jones because he uh he's an mm-hmm. all time leader in college NCAA history in steals. So it's like he, yeah. uh, he is matches. that true? Hold on. Mm-hmm. I, I knew he was something in college, but I just couldn't remember what he's it was. He's an all time leader, but he's a he water boy. Something. That's what he he's was. up no, there. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm joking. bro. Y'all gotta get out of here, bro. But yeah, man. He, yeah, he reminded me of that so much. And even watching him like in summer league, he was just very poised. His assistant turnover mm-hmm. ratio is really what stood out to me. And it was like, okay, cool. He gets his opportunity because seeing him come off the bench. Mm-hmm. In those small minutes, you know, 12, 15 minutes, of course, you don't see, like, you know, like what his real value can be. But you put him in the starting lineup and put Marcus Smart off the ball, he, he really showed his he really showed his ass, man, uh, Friday, especially against the Utah Jazz. And I remember when I was in the locker room, I forgot what, I think after the Miami Heat game, Desmond Bain was just saying how he need to he need to shoot the ball more. Like, they was mm-hmm. getting on him about shooting the ball more. And he mentioned it after the game Friday, Jackie Gillian mentioned, like, in practice when – he went. He went. Take the shot. He said, "Jobin ran and Derrick Rose got on his head." Then he said later in the same mm-hmm. practice, he decided to pass up a shot and Desmond Bain and Marcus Smart got on his head. So, hey, he's looking more confident. He's letting it fly now. And hey, it's been a good, yeah, good addition adding him to the starting lineup. I'm glad you uh, extended that response out a little bit. I got my uh, my AKAs for um, <laughs> for uh, Tiniest Jones, AKA. Uh, I've got the boy real name, real name, Jacob Gillard, aka Tiniest Jones, aka CP Wee, aka Kawee Irving, Kyrie. <laughs> uh, aka Diamond, uh, Damon Schortemeyer, uh, aka shout out from my boy D Fried Couch with these submissions, Tinier Archibald, uh, I like that one, uh, Shay, I like that one. Uh, Shay Lugis Alexander, Shay Spencer, uh, Ben, Ben Little, <laughs> Spencer, Ben Little, Ben Little, uh, D'Angelo Little Russell, um, oh man, and Chris Harrington came with the um, Wee Mayberry. He said, "If we're going combo guard or lead guard, uh, Petit Maravich is." <laughs> oh, God. Uh, <laughs> hey, that's creative. Yeah, man. but boy, D Fried Couch also came with uh, Lilbert Arenas. <laughs> Oh god! Oh god! Oh man! But shout out to my man, bro. I, I um I was I because I, I I can't remember what I was doing that day, but I look at the starting lineup. I'm like, bro, why the hell are we starting? You win most bro, of the games. Why we starting? Why we starting this dude, bro? Well, I just saw get cooked, honey baked by Portland a week ago, but it's worked, man. I gotta say, I gotta give him his props. It has worked uh, for sure. Something that has not worked. Um, Zaire Williams, who has been sorry ever since. The technical technical foul was calling him on the dunk. It's like his poor confidence, you know. We gotta keep his confidence up. His, his confidence has been at all time low for Zaire Williams since that uh, technical foul dunk. It started off so well, y'all. Uh, uh, Zaire was talking, playing a good noise. Y'all had the receipts ready. I was hyped. I saw him in open practice, looking good. Uh, I saw him in preseason <laughs> games, looking good. Yeah, man. And, and Zaire has been uh, just cardiac, cardiac. Sorry, what's the word? Cardio Zaire. Ever since then. Uh, Tony Snell. Yeah, looking like Tony Snell out there. It's man. it's really frustrating because man, Zaire has all the tools in the world. I hate to say I told you so, but here we are. Um, no aggression, no no desire to just come out there and ball. Uh, a guy on Twitter said he gives him uh, uh, 
Danny Granger vibes, who was a multi-time oh, All-Star. Wow. <laughs> Danny Granger was cold, bro. <laughs> Danny Granger was cold as shit. <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, yeah, Zaire has been disappointing. Um, I'm at the point where I'm out on Zaire Williams, man. I don't think he's going to pan out to be anything. And I'm tired of all the developmental stuff, especially when I'm seeing guys who have just came in, played ball, and it didn't take three years to get there. <laughs> they came in just contributing, including mm-hmm. the guy that you drafted and traded to New Orleans. Like, I talk about that trade all the time. Yeah. We could have pulled that trade off without including the draft picks at all. Yep. Because New Orleans was trying to get off of Steven Adams and um, Eric Blesso. Eric Blesso's contract anyway. We didn't have to involve the draft picks at all. And you traded Zaire Williams. You drafted Zaire Williams at 10. And the guy who was in the spot that you actually drafted and traded is a hell of a basketball player in, I can't think of the dude's name. Trey Murphy. Trey Murphy. Yeah, him. Trey Murphy, who's not Zaire Williams. It's good. He, he came in ready to play his, his, his rookie year. He can knock down shots. He can defend a little mm-hmm. bit. He's long. You don't have to coax him. You don't have to get him motivated. And well, We got to wait till Ja gets back and that's Ja's little brother. Like, man, what are we doing, bro? Are we literally babysitting NBA players and, and, and hoping they'll turn into someone that sound like? I'm out on Zaire Williams, man. And if, and if there is a trade... Uh, at the deadline, they can get you anything. that You'd have to combine Zaire with somebody. I don't think anybody really cares about Zaire Williams like that. But I think him with um, another player, like a Brandon Clark or something, um, I can make something happen. But I'm, I'm totally out on Zaire. Where are you at on him? And what do you think is really leading to him uh, just not looking like much? I mean, he started off looking like he was really going to be a guy who's like a 10 to 12 points per game, 3 and D type guy. Now he's just out there running around. It, <laughs> I don't yeah. know really what to say. I don't know. I, I'm mostly I'm leaning towards being out. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm definitely out on him being like the what well, he he was basically drafted to be Dylan Bruce replacement. Mm-hmm. I definitely out on that. Good God, right? <laughs> hell no. I'm definitely out on that portion. Yeah. Uh, could he still be a role player, come off the bench and be a little better? Sure, but it seems like he does need like a true point guard to play. Always play with like a true point guard to get the best out of him. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, is I, I don't know <laughs> what, Paris, when I, it's going to happen. Like it's just. Come on, man. So I, I look Zaire Williams in the face on media day. I say, hey, Zaire, you had a mid-range jump shot that you, were, that you were highly talked about being that dude coming out of high school. I watched a uh, a scouting video of you, mm-hmm. and you was like, uh, you know, that's the bread and butter, and I, you know, that's the go-to shot. And I said, hey, so we going to see that this year? Oh, yeah, man, for sure. Man, man, you, get your garbage ass out of here, man. Like, I'm done with Zaire, man. Like, I, I, he, there's nothing he can do. To make me think that the good version I see of him is right. what he really is. Yeah, I can agree on that point. The like guy that's just running around doing nothing is who I think he is. He getting cooked on defense. Right, because it's like, and I don't see the Grizzlies. Nobody taking me range jumpers. So I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired with this Man. whole three pointer. Or because think about the Clippers game. That whole second quarter, the folks jacked like twenty threes. Yeah, he like two. Just, just throwing like, away the lead. Bro. Anybody else gonna do anything else outside yeah. of shooting? Throwing away the lead, bro. <laughs> and if Zaire like, supposed to be so good mid range, why are the coaching staff or he? Utilizing mm. it, and it just that's the most frustrating part about him and the team has developed at right. some point. It's like maybe they're not developing him the correct right. way. Like utilizing right. him for what he's good for. By the time everybody sees this, we will be 14 more games to go before one Demetrius Jamel Morant makes his return uh, to the Memphis Grizzlies. That number 14 looks good. Getting under 15 just feels, yeah, man, it feels good. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's a number that looks a little better. Yeah. But you get down to 12 or 11, oh yeah, it's really gonna feel like it's, we're getting there. But uh, 14 feels better than 25 for sure. Um, this is <clears> – <throat> I see people talk about, like, well, if the Grizzlies make a trade, that 2024 tr- uh, draft pick 
will look a lot better than it looked. And here's, I think, I think Grizzly fans are setting themselves up for a real frustration because this team is not going to be a second seed, but they're not going to be like worst team in the NBA <laughs> bad either, man. Because yeah. when, when John Morant gets here, you got to think about this. When John Morant gets here, it's still going to be the month of December. You're two months away from the trade trade deadline, right? Right. So that means you got two months to really see what you're going to be. When Ja gets back, this team is not going to be a team that's lo- that's two and eight. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a team that's probably going to get close to five hundred real soon. You know what I mean? So, what what is this team? What does this team really look like once Ja gets back? Because you you get a guy back who's super. He's a, he's super Jacob Gilliard. Or nothing else. <laughs> if nothing else. He's a way better than Jacob Gilliard. <laughs> Minus a three-point shot. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I hope, <laughs> hate for John to have to live up to the reputation wow. that Jacob, that Jacob Gillard is going to leave behind for you the next – You set the bar so, so high. high for the next 14 <laughs> games. No, but seriously, though, like what – because I'm going I'm to I'm thought, and we've had this conversation plenty of times, if you – there's no way – tanking is just not happening. I don't care if they don't win another game before John gets back. They're not tanking because John Brand's going to be like, well, we got to go – we got to go uh, 45. We got to win 45 games. All right, I'm going to go win 44. Yep. We'll, go, we'll win 44 out of the next 57. <laughs> that, that's going to be his mentality, bro. Like, and, and I think he's the level of player added to this team that could take this team there. Because like, if, you look at the, if you look at the standings, and I put this out the other day, and you commented about this too, I think the Grizzlies are like, yeah, like two, games. Two, in, two games out of 10th out of out of place, right, yeah. which is the bottom of the plan. Like, and, they're playing, and the teams that are in front of them are teams that are not particularly trying to be anything. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? You got the Clippers like the only team that you feel like yeah. is not supposed to be in that group. There's nothing in me that makes me think that the Grizzlies aren't going to be able to pass these dudes, man. Because the thing that's different between us and the teams in front of us, they aren't adding an all-world player to their team yeah. in the next 14, 15 they, games. I don't care what their little tier pyramid. Yeah. I saw. Yeah. No, I'm not, I mean, John Moran is an all-world <laughs> player, man. You know what I mean? And so, so what do you think this team looks like once twelve gets back out there? Of course, they look much better. You're getting the what top, at least top ten player in the NBA. I don't mm-hmm. care what ESPN rankings and the little pyramid yeah. I just saw. On He's no Tyrese Twitter. Halliburton. Yeah, yeah, they had they had him. Yeah, all right, we ain't about to get into the idea, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're getting one of the top ten players in the NBA. I mean, automatically you're better. Then not only that, you add him to two other potential All Star mm-hmm. caliber type of players in Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson. Mm-hmm. Now, if you see the way Desmond Blank, Desmond Bain is playing right now, you add Jaffa Rant to that. Oh, it's going crazy. Come on now. <laughs> That's yeah. the best backcourt in the NBA. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Like, hands down. So, yeah. like, yeah, you automatically increase. Then you mess around and you we see. We can go back to the uh, uh, Paris Saint-Hermain uh, <laughs> offense. Now, what's his name? What's the coach's name? Oh. <laughs> I'm talking about the Bape's team. St. So an- Andrews. The Patrick St. Andrews. St. Patrick. St. <laughs> Augustine. the work builder. St. <laughs> Nicholas. I have a question for you, Anthony. Go ahead, and Parrish, both of you. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, when you we sat down with Chris Harrington a few months back, and mm-hmm. one of the things that you mentioned, Anthony, is when Ja does come back and they move Marcus off ball, mm-hmm. what if it doesn't work? In the last few games, you've at, you asked the question about what are they going to look like with Ja? Are you relatively happy with where you think the team is going to look with Marcus off ball? Yeah, because I think I think I like how smart looks. He's been able to kind of, you know, let his hair down on defense a little bit better playing off the ball. He's still kind of being aggressive on offense because you got, you know, uh, tiniest out there. So, <laughs> but I think that was John's there. He's got the ball in his hands. I think Marcus Smart is going to kind of fall in line and become a, a much less 
uh, higher usage player than he is now. Um, I think the smart maybe focusing a little bit too much on playmaking and being yeah. the point guard on the team. Mm-hmm. And I think that once Jog is there, Agreed. he'll just kind of he'll just become like that quasi three and D, um, and just being a dog on defense, man. I think that's what he's really ready to ready to jump into. Yep. What you think? I ain't really got much more to add. Yeah. Know? I mean, I agree wholeheartedly. The last, yeah. especially the last two games since Jackie Gilder is into the lineup. Yeah, Marcus Smart has he's back to his normal mm-hmm. role. Cause even in Boston, he started at point guard, but Jason Tatum and Jaden yeah, Brown. He didn't have ran the role of point guard. Yeah, yeah, they ran the offense. So yeah. he's back into that position. You got Webber Brown turning the ball over <laughs> as much started <laughs> at point guard. <laughs> so yeah, he's still he yeah, he yeah. he'll be just fine. He's playing that well now with Jackie Gilliard. The sky's limited yeah. with John Murray. With John, for sure. Uh, I'm trying to think I have anything else uh, as far as the Grizzlies goes that I want to jump into. Oh, it's good to see that uh, Luke Kennard can is not uh, yeah can shoot. The, he's shooting the hell out of the ball now. Mm-hmm. And um, shoot, shoot. yeah. So what are your thoughts on him? Like he's 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 been playing good basketball. He's yeah. knocked down big shots. He looked good against the Clippers the other night. I don't know what his numbers are since he was ass, but since he hasn't been ass, I think he's been shooting the ball. Yeah, I think he's really hit good. at least three or four threes every game since then. And I mean, we asked the question about him returning back to LA. He used to play for the Clippers, and mm-hmm. you know, seeing I think it was Terry Davis asked him somebody, you know, you gonna see the mm-hmm. rims again? How it's gonna feel? Like, right. you know, nothing. Like he yeah. played there for a while. So, yeah, like I said, in the beginning of the season, shoot or shoot. Um, I seen Clay Thompson start the season shooting less than twenty percent mm-hmm. before, and he finished the season shoot, yeah. shooting in the forties. So, yeah, Lucas shooting hell the ball. Um, something a lot of people are talking about is really, really grinding my gears, man. Is that we we live in this world of absolutes. But two things can't be true at the same time. Right. And I think if anybody, I've been this, I've been understanding of what the Grizzlies are with injuries. And we've been depleted by injuries. <laughs> I'm kind of I'm kind of over the injury thing now because Steven Adams and Brandon Clark have been gone for over a year now. Yeah. So, but you've got Tillman back now. You don't have Derrick Rose, but CP Wee has been fine. So with that being said, with that being said, the injury stuff is kind of null and void at this point. This is the right. team you knew you were gonna have. Mm-hmm. At least when the season started, pretty yeah. much. Um, there are people who are kind of making these absolute statements about Taylor Jenkins, like he can't be criticized, like there's mm-hmm. like like he has a ultimate pass because right. of the injury situation on this team. I'm I'm not there, and I've never been there. Do you see a, a Grizzlies team that's being maximized, where you feel like, man? Taylor Jenkins is really squeezing every every piece of juice out, every drop of blood out of his turn. I don't think he's doing that, man. Like like the the uh, the St. Augustine offense, they were <laughs> that was trash. Like that should have been that should have been killed in the first half of game one, mm-hmm. literally. And um, his defensive strategy, the way they don't defend the three, the way they, the way they defend the three pointer, and like his out of his mouth saying that we prote- we're protecting the yep. paint. It's goofball stuff, bro. Like, first of all, you got two elite-level rim protectors in the game. So you should be able to cheat and play your guys out on the edges a little bit more. Those two things alone, I'm like, no, bro, I'm not looking at a coach who's maximizing this situation. Mm -hmm. What do you think about what looks to be an all-powerful blanket of of protection that's being thrown over Taylor Jenkins by the fans uh, more than anybody? Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I, I said it earlier. The coaching staff with like specifically Zaire year mid range. I don't see yeah. him supposed to take any mid range shots. So you know how yeah. we celebrated when Jaren finally took a mid range shot. Yeah. And I was like, that's coaching because <laughs> that's yeah. their system that they want to run. And I was like, if some players are building the mid range, I lie Zaire, right. utilize them for mid like mid range game and went nowhere. Like the top wings and players in the NBA are mid range players. Right. I feel like John Morant. Can dominate the mid range. Yeah, exactly. Like you, I feel like it's coaching because that's the system you want right. to run. 
defensively, it's been years, and I still see fans saying, you know, other teams, oh, man, they just shoot lights out against us. That's the reason why you're leaving mm-hmm. professional players wide open from three, and that's the defensive mm-hmm. system. Like, so, yeah, like he's not absolving any criticism. Now, should he be fired, like, right now? Maybe not. But like you said, I didn't see coaches get fired dude, for less. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not talking about fire the dude, but damn, bro. Like, are we really just going to get this dude a, a yeah, pass his entire like, season? Like, like nothing like, he yeah, does is bad. Yeah. Like, come on, bro. Like, stop stop all the nonsense, man, for sure. Um, switch it over to Tiger basketball. I haven't been this excited about Tiger basketball, man, in easily 10 years. Like, for real. Um, probably the Four Kings team, Kenny Stubblefield, <laughs> was the last time. Well, it was 10 years ago. I was just, I was just uh, amped uh, about uh, Tiger basketball. Actually, after I actually saw some games. <laughs> you know what I mean? I had hype for the James Wiseman, Princess of Chua class. But I actually saw it. Like, Did you watch the play? I was like, yeah, it's nah, a bunch of, it's a bunch of kids, man. I'm good. <laughs> These dudes don't know what the hell they're doing. And Penny might not either. <laughs> so that's why I was for those teams. It's the second year in. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, Penny, yeah. Penny, the, the growth. It's the growth for me, man. It's the grow up for me, man, to see Penny uh, figure this thing out. I mean, that's a real thing, man. Like the, oh, 100%. the, the Penny Harder what we see now is not the same coach he was uh, on or off the court, uh, you know, as far as managing things uh, with this team. He's definitely matured. Um, this team, man, like I said, I've been, I've been critical of the Memphis Tiger fan base because how they've viewed this team, man. Like, this mm-hmm. team, like what, what did y'all need to see to know that this team is going to be good as hell? Like, they, this is the formula for modern-day college, bas- college basketball how to win. Got a bunch of grown-ass men out there. People talking about, man, shout out to Caleb Mills. Cut off the bench and locking down whatever this kid was. I'm like, this kid's probably five years older than that dude. He just kept that grown man ball. Like, all right, little dude, we go ahead. Just take you out of this game, this grown man strength I got. But no, man, like, I don't understand why people aren't excited about this team. And I say shame on you to all the, the people who – I had Gary Paris right here in this seat. I'm like, Gary, I'm not understanding your logic at all. You, I know this is the formula for a winning college basketball team. And you're sitting here telling me, oh, they get DeAndre Williams here, top 25 team. Like, no, bro, that's a top 25 team right, right now. now. Right. Like, that, that is the formula for winning teams. And, like, I didn't, I didn't see them going to Missouri and doing this at all. I was like, okay, they're either going to lose close or win close on the road against Missouri. Mm-hmm. And they're probably going to struggle. You're going to do this. <laughs> and after the first half, I was like, yeah, that's pretty much what I thought. This is probably going to be a loss or whatever. Them dudes turned the hell up and looked like a G League team playing Missouri. Like, that's what they are, man. They're a G League yeah. team, bro. Like, yeah. there are a bunch of guys who felt at one point this summer, hey, I'm about to go to the NBA. Mm-hmm. NBA is like, nah, you ain't quite an NBA talent. You know what I mean? You come here, you're going to, you're going to not going to get drafted. You'll be playing overseas, whatever. Right. And they went back to play college basketball. Those are the same level of dudes that are in the G League right now. Like, that t- the Tiger basketball team is a semi-pro team, man. It's a bunch of dudes who could very well be, you know, pros at this right. point, playing somewhere. So, shout out to Penny. I think I don't even – I don't want to really talk about it because I don't want to jinx it. But I see scary-level shit from this team, man. They went on the road and blasted a good Missouri team. Yep. Blasting them on the road. <clears throat> so, what are your thoughts on, on Penny's team? Uh, what's, what's the limit for this team? What players stand out? Like, just give me your full, like, what do you think about what you're seeing with these dudes? Um, definitely impressive showing. I hate I did miss the Missouri game because mm-hmm. I was at the Grizzlies. I think that's when they played the Jazz. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, of course, I missed the game. But Yeah, I ain't seeing, seeing that shit either. I was saying, <laughs> it's funny. Seeing, I was watching it on my phone, okay. on the uh, box score or whatever. But, yeah, it looked it read like it was a dope-ass game. Yo, 
Cause yeah. it was funny, like the Grizzlies were losing. Then I look at the they were down. The Tigers were down third three. Yeah, both 19. of them started coming. Yeah, back. they uh-huh. were down third three to nineteen. I was like, dang, bro, both teams doing like this, like on this on the same yeah, night, man. And that's, they, you know, I'm looking. I'm at the you know post game locker room. I'm like, dang, the fuck came back one by fifteen. Yeah, like, beat what? the hell out of them dudes, bro. I'm like, God damn, yeah. pimp. Yeah, I know. I saw like a couple things on Twitter. I think Jordan Brown, uh, I think his name yeah. Brown, the uh, the big tall yeah. center. He came off the bench. Killed it. Murdering dudes. Yeah, you think that's going to last? You think they're going to keep bringing them dudes off the bench? They they just went and beat Missouri on the road with it. And Caleb Mills just <laughs> grown man some kid Caleb out Mills there. still come out the bench. I don't know. I mean. Oh, what a defender. I what a defender this. Caleb Mills is. I say this. If it's working, don't mess up nothing that ain't work. That's not, you know, it's working right now. Oh, man. Continue with it. And, you know, one thing I did, and I was uh, telling my pops about this uh, earlier <laughs> this week. Rick Stansberry, like him, yeah. how if he pulled off Getting a Rick Stansberry to be the assistant coach Come on, man. was perfect. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's a that – I don't a, know how long it's going to last, but right. hey, it's working right now, bro. That was sure. a high-level, like, good head coach. Yeah. When he was at Mississippi State and he was at Western Kentucky. Like, he He's giving Remember coach. the Titans a little bit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> like, that's high-level coach. Like, and you got yeah. him and you get suspended the first three games and you got him leading the team. Like, it's like, right. hey, it's like a match made in heaven. Like, yeah. And that's perfect, like the perfect coach to help him, help groom right. him, and help him grow. I saw, I saw the Tigers got some kid to commit, and people was like, oh, oh, Rick Stansberry was in on this kid. Like, they do, they playing for us. They shit, man, man's going wherever. The L Rick Stansberry is right. going to be, man. <laughs> but, but, yeah, shout out to the Memphis uh, Tiger basketball team. Super excited, man, uh, what those guys look like they're about to do. Uh, they were not ranked in this week's rankings, but I'm, I'm sure there's something that's not going to last very long. I think this is a very good team, man. Like I said, me personally, I've not been this amped um, in a long, long time about, you know, Tiger basketball after I've actually seen the product on the court. Cause, you know, y'all were telling me that certain guys were like Tracy McGrady comps at one time. <laughs> I'm not going to name no names because these people <laughs> kind of frequent. We did have his brother. No, I was, no. Chance McGrady. Oh, then I was told that we had the, uh, the college basketball Splash Brothers was another comp that we had on that team. That was uh, on this team or no, 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 team? the team with uh, with Boogie in them. I was told <laughs> that Boogie and Lester were the college Splash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got a little fan. So yeah, and and and, and Prince Chua, God bless him. I love, I would love Prince Chua to be on the Grizzlies right now. I was told he was a Kawhi Leonard uh, comp actually. I I heard that one. Yeah, that Kawhi was the Leonard. Comp. Yeah. That was the though. comp for him. Yep. Oh, one dude told me that uh, James Wiseman was. A more athletic David Robinson, actually, is what I heard from. To be fair, to take it back to the pressures to true, how Kawhi Man, it was a wild comes no, coming from that how team, How Kawhi Leonard played in college, they actually, how <laughs> he played in college. Bro, pressures to true, Kawhi Leonard, though? Come no, on, I'm man. just saying him in college, because, yeah. I mean, he wasn't shooting. He couldn't shoot at yeah. all college. I heard that somebody else on the team was Tracy McGrady. That, nah, I'm not going to yeah, say the names. Nah, yeah, they, they went too far, though. Yeah. Yeah, man. Then we had the Splash Brothers. Yeah, they went too far. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's my man Paris Sharky, man. He's here every Wednesday on the Anthony <laughs> Sage Show. Shout out to my boy CP Wee. Hey, if we could get anybody, if the Grizzlies could give us anybody, we would I would love CP Wee to sit on with us, man. I'm not gonna name no names about people who actually do get players on their team, which is <laughs> odd, but on their show or whatever. But we can't get shit over him. We be trying, y'all. People say, well, why don't y'all get players on? Hey. Vivis Grizzlies. Like CJ McCullough, man. I'm trying, Jennifer. Right. Vivis Grizzlies. We throw throw away a lot of y'all trash. You know, we see a lot of y'all trash and just throw it away. And I'm not talking about play on the court. But, you know, can't even get a... Can't even get a couple players kicked back to us. I'm going to start putting your business out there. No, I wouldn't do that. I love my city. I love my team too much to do that. We're about to take a break, man. Maybe come back. It's a three-pointer here on After the Same Show. See y'all in a minute.
just taking off of we're not, I don't even want to talk about the players first. Just taking off of Penny Hardaway coach team's track record. Mm-hmm. They typically, historically, play up to competition, whether they're yeah. the inferior team or not. And we've seen that throughout the last couple of years. And honestly, that's been a, a pretty hard critique on his teams is that they kind of leave a little bit to be desired against inferior opponents at times, and then they they know when to step up under the lights. This team, with how much experience and age that they have, and knowing the goal that they came here for, yeah, and knowing the conference that they play in, quality this opponents. This is that first opportunity to boost that resume so I can get to a tournament in my final year yes. of eligibility for a lot of these yes. guys. Yes. So this could be a tipping point for what the non-conference schedule could be. Right. And I just feel like with a team with this many experienced veteran guys, they understand what's in front of them. Tune in to On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. We have more capable shooters on this team than mm. we've had in a while. Yeah. Yep. And I'm not like... I don't know that we have one that is like flat out just dead eye man too but you've got five or six that can come out and hit two threes every night for a second there jaquan did not look like he planned on missing well david jones the second half looked like he didn't plan on missing i mean nick jordan's knocking down balls jonathan pierre threw one in there i don't know if this is gonna make sense but they looked more like a team than previous Penny teams. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? This early in the year, for sure. Well, I just, think you come second half of the season, every Penny team to date has looked like a, a team playing yeah. together. Roles defined. But to the point, it's taken a chunk of the season to get to that point. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Bluff City Media and Bluff City NIL are proud partners of Coaching for Literacy, a Memphis nonprofit using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. When you donate to Bluff City NIL through Coaching for Literacy, your gift is 100% tax deductible. This partnership is a win, win, win. Tiger student athletes win in the NIL landscape. Coaching for Literacy wins by engaging Tiger student athletes in this monumental cause. And most importantly, Elementary students in Memphis receive support to become strong readers. To donate today, visit coachingforliteracy.org slash bluff hyphen city. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Anthony Sainz Show. My man, Paris Sarkis said he's going to sit in with me on the three-pointer, man. We're going to keep this thing rolling, man. Number one, RIP to uh, James Harden's career, man. Good God, bro. God bless. Man, they call this dude a, a franchise killer, but, man. Good. I'm a system. No, he called himself the system, yeah. I'm the system. That man's system is is is, is hacked. Malfunctioning. <laughs> yeah, bro, that mother got a bug in it. Mother man, get recharged. I'm a guy that even at the height of hating James Harden, there was a there was a strong little person inside of me that loved the hell out of James Harden's game, mm-hmm. man. And it's it is and if you like Luka Doncic, don't tell me you didn't like Prime James Harden because it's literally the same dude. Literally went there and they were doing the same shit. 
Uh, he just looks bad, man. And I, I hate it because he's one of those dudes that's just not understanding that the version that he thinks he is, he's just not that guy anymore. And we saw right. I, saw this happen to Allen Iverson. We saw this happen to Carmelo Anthony. Yep. And I just hate to see the man go out like this. And like I said, he should have stayed his ass in Philadelphia. He probably would have been fine. Because that Philadelphia team looks good as hell man, without him. Man, respect it, bro. man <laughs> that team looks good as hell without him, bro. He looks, they look good as hell without him. They happy, man. You got the, you got the counselor out the locker room. If Ty- Tyrese Maxey's like, man, let me drop 50 on y'all's Yeah, because like when everybody was like, it's Milwaukee and Boston, and that's it in the East. Man. I was like, yeah, I agree. But that Philadelphia team is going to be right there, man. Mm-hmm. And they're they're looking like, you know, one of the better teams in the NBA right now. Um, and it's just it's just bad for James Harden to look this bad. <laughs> just imagine Kawhi Leonard, bro. And I told people, Kawhi man, Leonard, when they like, made that trade, the Clippers gave up too much, like guys who can just play basketball. Like they gave up too many rotation players. But yeah. And the thing is, they still got like a good quartet of players. It's just James, yeah. yeah. James Harden just don't fit. It's like he slow, he slows everything yeah. up. Like they they were fine with Russell Westbrook. Yeah, they got Norman Powell, strong mouse looking ass. Okay, that dude bothers me so much, bro. Like his the the the, the long sleeve t shirt. Oh, they just get some yeah, money. Man, get out of my place. Hooper. Yeah, he a baller for sure. A flat I'd foot. Take, I'd take Norman Powell oh, yeah. on the Grizzlies. Flat, flat foot Hooper, bro. Yeah, he a flat foot Hooper for real. Norman Powell be tearing our ass up. <laughs> yeah, man, but uh, that's it. I I, I can't. I, R.I.P. to James Harden's career, man, because we're watching him just not get it. We're watching him not understand that the game, you know, has passed him by. Uh, number two, man, super shout out to Coach Alex Simmons. Yeah. I, put a, I put an analogy on my Twitter today. I said Justin Fuente is to Mike Novell as uh, Katrina Merriweather is to Alex Simmons. Agreed. When we lost J- Justin Fuente, we was like, oh, man, that's the guy that got us here, man. We finally get a good football team and we mm-hmm. lose our coach. And then you get Mike Novell, who's really that dude, to yeah. really show you what it really looks like on, on the right side of winning. And I think we did the same thing with Coach Merriweather. He was, she was on here a year, of course, but she had that team rolling last year. Alex Simmons just came in and looks like she's really about to be the coach to take this thing to the next level. Uh, University of Memphis had a uh, 10-point loss in overtime. That was not a 10-point loss, man. Uh, yeah. I, I, I've never – I had to catch myself yesterday. And I said, here I am in 2023 desperately seeking a feed of women's University of Memphis Tiger – ladies Tiger basketball, man. That's where I was <laughs> on my TV because I got you know this streaming package with mm-hmm. all this all these bootleg channels on it. I'm on uh, all the ESPN Pluses ain't on there, but it said the only way you can watch it is if you had a subscription service to ESPN. Then you can get that version of ESPN Plus, not the Hulu version. Mm-hmm. I was on my Hulu. I was on my bootleg stream. <laughs> Could not find the game, man. But I'm I'm looking at a the ESPN tracker of the Tigers versus uh, UT Knoxville. That team is uh, is going to be rolling. Work, man. Yeah. They, were giving it, they were giving them their work. Everything was, they wanted, they were giving it to them. Yeah. It was just like, uh, and you could tell that just re, like Tennessee was destroying them on the boards. Yeah. Like, outside of that, like Memphis was pretty much playing good game. ball, man. Like, I'm super excited about that, man. It was a good, this is just a good, like, past three or four days in just Memphis sports, period, yeah. man. Uh, but shout out to Coach Alex Simmons. I'm down for it. Uh, Shamario Wiseman, who's part of. Uh, 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 my crew, the Salem Media Group. Paul's and Crawls. She, yeah, Claws and Pauls. She, she's really uh, dig, going to dig deep into that uh, uh, ladies' Tiger basketball thing. So I'm excited about that. But yeah, man, that that team is going to be good. Uh, there's no way that team's not going to be a good team in uh, whatever conference we play in, <laughs> whatever the name of it is, the fake Metro 
Fake Metro Conference is what we playing. But yeah, man, number three, uh, Tiger football. I'll say this. Um, there's been a pretty much uh, imaginary kind of narrative that people have created that I don't like Tiger football. I just think the games are boring. Like <laughs> I think I think the fans are typical. Most of them are weirdos, and I'll say that as far as Tiger football is concerned. And this is I'm going to tell you a reason why. Um, I'm not going to get excited about a low bar, but I think that you have to be fair about this team, all things considered. You know what I mean? I'm not saying you need to go out and praise Ryan Silverfield or like give him some type of lifetime contract or pay this man, but I don't think he's a good coach. But I think the fact that this team is eight and two, no matter how they got there. Like I'm not gonna, yeah. I'm not gonna shit on it, man. It's like it's, record. I mean, there were times we're getting to see it's like, damn, did we really just barely beat Navy? But these dudes have yeah, like found, game. they found a way to be eight and two. SMU's coming to town. You beat SMU. You really got something. You really cooking mm-hmm. the grease at that point. You can put yourself in a situation to win this entire conference, et cetera. Um, it's, they're not as good. I don't think they're as good as their record looks like. But you can't take games. You can't turn W's into L's for this team. Right. They found a way to win, and they found a way to win this game the other night. They found a way to win that crazy ass game a few weeks ago. North Texas. And like, like I said, I don't really think they're that good. I don't. I, but I, I can't. There's only a certain level of taking the shit I can do with this team. I think talent level they're they're good, but coaching they're not. But they're. I think Silverfield's a goof. Like I don't think yeah. he's good at all. I like where I do like what Doc. Holliday, I think I saw Doc Holliday mm-hmm. say he was like they are winning games that they didn't win. These are the yeah. games they lost last year. Yeah. So they they are somewhat of improvement in mm-hmm. coaching, but. It's still it's yeah. still things like you still shouldn't be going to overtime yeah. with Charlotte, you know, beating North Texas last play of the last, you know, 45 seconds of the game. But a win is a win. They won. Yeah, a win is a win. And they got a big game coming up this Saturday. I'll be in the building. Shout out to my people to take care of me. Let's go. Man, t- Tiger football fans be showing me love, man, for sure. Yeah, dude. Some of y'all are weird as hell. I ain't going to lie. Some of y'all are crazy. <laughs> Some of y'all are racist. Some of them are glutton for punishment. Right. Y'all weird, but let me have you tickets. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, yes, sir. Yeah, I need some tickets, family. So look out for your boy, man. Bring your tickets. Well, I got like, you, bro. You need a parking uh, pass. Kenny, man, you, you all, uh, did y'all watch the, the Proud Family? No. No. Oh, I'll probably understand the joke. Right, uh, the Gross Sisters. They used to always know. hands up, cash out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm about to check it out. But no, man, it's, it's um, they're, they got Memphis on their chest, man. So I'm, I'm pulling for them. I'm not investing in it. Like, if they lose this game to SMU, I'll just go on with the rest of my Saturday. Like, I won't. It's 11 o'clock tip, too, yeah, so I definitely won't care past 3 o'clock. <laughs> you know what I mean? Once I get some Aldo's pizza in my system after the game, I won't really care at all. Yeah. But um, I'm just not invested in it, man. Like, you know. But, you know, shout out. But there's a lot of folks that are, and it's a huge I don't game. think that's true, bro. It is true. There's a lot of folks that are really invested in it. I think the people who are invested are very loud about their investment. Of course. Yeah, they're, they're a very uh, – Dedicated bunch, but it's just not. I don't think they can really speak for much of anything when it comes down to the city stuff, and that's what ah uh, that, that's, that's been my thing. Like this, it's, it's been my it's been my only stance is when it comes down to, to allocating money. Like there's not uh, you I guys you. you guys uh, don't represent anything. Like <laughs> y- y'all have been y'all have kind of been like a, a generational ancestral group of people that have been around who who are like really diehard Tiger football fans, but yo you guys don't you know. It's it's and I'll see that again Saturday when I sit when I sit in my seats. It's gonna look like a very select group of people in the city of Memphis. It's not the city. Yeah, that's it's been my whole thing, man. But uh, 
I'm happy for some of the stuff they're doing. It's going to be a blackout, they say. <laughs> you haven't got any jokes off, and I've been stunned by this. It's going to be a blackout. Are they going to try and push I'm, it? I'm trying my best, man. To <laughs> Are they going to try and push it? So remember a couple years ago, we had College Game Day against SMU, uh -huh. ironically. Are they going to try and push this? I don't like, know, man. Like I'm, they did that one. I don't, I don't own any Tiger swag. I have a uh, Memphis Madness shirt. It's all I have, Kenny Stubblefield. I don't have any Tiger swag, especially that all black <laughs> Tiger swag. Yeah. But my you black ass and my four black guests will do our part to <laughs> make this as black as possible. Uh, I'm I kind of feel like they're trolling me, man. I kind of I feel like University of Memphis media and, 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 and marketing team has this whole blackout thing. To troll me, man. I but. sent you a I sent you a, a tweet on your phone. Mm -hmm. Look at it real quick, both of y'all. This kid, this white kid, this middle school kid, dressed up <laughs> at a football game uh, and got suspended from school for uh, wearing nah, blackface. Nah. Yeah, it's a little bit too much. Is that blackface or is that war paint? Like like football. Yeah, they pulled up it. It's both. <laughs> I, I I don't really is want there to see be, that actually. I'm glad they pulled up on my phone. Is there gonna be a bunch of people? Like, who knows? They the blackout. Hey, I wouldn't be surprised. I can name some names. Oh my God! I can. I see it now. I can name some people who might just do that. I ain't gonna name no names. Don't name, don't name names. But yeah, if y'all right, got to go have a good time. Yeah, man. man I, I want. I want to go out, have a fun. Have some fun with the people, man. But if y'all got a, a black uh, University of Memphis shirt for me, size extra large, I'd appreciate right, that. I got good. one. It's large. It's large. <laughs> no, I, need, I got one. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm six months pregnant in the stomach right now. So I need, <laughs> All right, see if you can get uh, Parrish's hoodie off him, man. No, nah, he ain't gonna do that, man. Like that. Do the jersey swap. <laughs> do the jersey swap. But now, nah, if you got a, if you got a black University of Memphis T-shirt for me, size extra large, let me know. I might put that on Twitter, man. Whatever I ask for in the name of University of Memphis, it normally comes back twofold: press down, shaking together. And running over. Right. Shout, shout out to my people, man. The, the cup runner. Right, the cup runner for your boy, man. But yeah, about to take a break, man. When we come back, I, I think uh, I'm going to do this with Solo, man. You, you want to stick with me for Inside the Same Brain? Oh, uh, sure. F, F it then. We're going to do Inside the Same Brain, my boy, Perry Sharky, too. This is what we do on a Wednesday, man, here on the Anthony Sane Show. See you guys in a minute. season our biggest point of contention or our biggest question mark Memphis finally has all the pieces that they've been missing in the past they have three-point shooting they have bigs they have they have everything they have the, the the star point guard they have everything they haven't had in the past at the same time the one drawback that we could consistently go to was they've never played together yep it's a new team how's it gonna mesh how's it gonna work how are they gonna get through this crazy non-conference schedule with a team that hasn't played together outside of a few months practicing. Yep. And they answered that question. First test passed as an A. Yeah. Because we've been so concerned about chemistry and gelling and how long is the gelling going to take. Can't have that. This the, the conference is too bad. Non-conference schedule is too good. And they they answered the bell. There's a different sense of urgency for Penny with this particular team because I think he knows what he has. Yeah. Tune in to On the Bluff with Christian Fowler and Gabe Kuhn every Tuesday at 12 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. Bluff City Media and Bluff City NIL are proud partners of Coaching for Literacy, a Memphis nonprofit using the power of sports to impact childhood literacy. When you donate to Bluff City NIL through Coaching for Literacy, your gift is 100% tax deductible. This partnership is a win, win, win. Tiger student athletes win in the NIL landscape. 
Coaching for Literacy wins by engaging Tiger student athletes in this monumental cause. And most importantly, elementary students in Memphis receive support to become strong readers. To donate today, visit coachingforliteracy.org slash bluff hyphen city. We have more capable shooters on this team than hmm. we've had in a while. Yeah. Yep. And I'm not like, I don't know that we have one that is like flat out just dead eye. Man, too. But you've got five or six that can come out and hit two threes every night. For a second there, Jaquan did not look like he planned on missing. Well, David Jones' second half looked like he didn't plan on missing. I mean, Nick Jordan's knocking down balls. Jonathan Pierre threw one in there. I don't know if this is going to make sense, but they looked more like a team than previous Penny teams. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? This early in the year, for sure. I think you come second half of the season, every Penny team to date has looked like a, a team. Playing yeah. together, roles defined. But to the point, it's taken a chunk of the season to get to that point. Tune in to Tigers Untapped with TJ Willis and Trey Lasley every Wednesday at 3 p.m. on the Bluff City Media YouTube channel. All right, y'all, welcome back to the Anthony Sane Show. It got me sitting up in my chair today, man. I've been feeling <laughs> self-conscious about my height. I ain't looking real. I ain't looking my full 6'3 in this joint, Hey, man. anybody ever responded on the last show about that? Yeah, man, I got a lot of feedback. A lot of people say, yeah, once you stood up, we can tell you were tall. Because Paris actually looks tall, so when you stood up, I'm like, man, what in the hell, bro? <laughs> like, You've been sitting up so far, I yeah, can't man. even switch angles on yeah, this. Man, I mean, yeah, look at back. this. Look, yeah. you got your, you got your head all cut out the, out yeah. the way, man. But yeah, man, y'all got me feeling self-conscious, man. But no, inside the same brain where I talk about something, you know, typically don't have nothing to do with sports. This one doesn't either, man. Um, <laughs> I need, hold on. I got a double dose of of, of good news uh, this week, Parrish. Uh, other day, found out that Champagne Poppy. Yes, sir. Uh, Drizzy Drake will be back in my city. Now, I ain't going to say it again, but be, I think this <laughs> well, is actually going to happen. Technically again. Yeah, let, let me clear <laughs> that up too, man. Let me keep, real fast, let me clear that up. As I, my interpretation, combined with information that I got from actual sources connected to Drake not bringing his ass to Memphis last time, it was never an issue of if FedEx Forum could house the show or could you know facilitate the show. That was never the issue. The issue, from what I was told, was because of dates – before ours getting pushed forward, it cut out our travel time. Mm-hmm. So basically, these shows end at whatever time at night. Yeah. They immediately break them down, mm-hmm. pack them up, and, and travel them off to the next city. The truck. They said that, and then they get back to the next city, and they set it up again. They had already came to Memphis weeks before their show to make sure everything, to kind of reenact the whole flow of everything. They brought the actual stuff to Memphis, set it up, Broke it down, all these type of things, just to see how long that would take or what that would look like, the logistics yeah. of it. I've, I've heard that from several people. Um, when they tried it the last time, it worked. But they realized, okay, if we move this date up, Memphis can't happen now because that interferes in the in the breakdown, yeah. pack up, travel, set up, breakdown time. So Memphis couldn't happen. 
It, was, it wasn't a matter of FedEx form can't hold this shit. It was it wasn't that type of situation. All right, that's that's what I was so, told. To that point, I pay attention to those dates on their tour dates. Yeah, there's plenty of time between. It's yeah. like five days, four or five <laughs> yeah. days after for the music. Yeah, date. man. So it looked. I can't. I can't see a reason why Drake ain't Drake and uh, and J Cole ain't coming. All right. So I had that news happen this week, right? So I wake up this morning. Today's a good day. I'm feeling good. Um, and I see that Drake is one of my favorite artists of all time, especially in the hip-hop genre. We're going to stick to hip-hop. Drake is one of my favorite hip-hop artists of all time. I look up and I see the, 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 uh, <laughs> let me try to see if I think of a religious figure. The, the, the papal saint of rap is, is Andre 3000, right? He's like mm-hmm. most respected guy probably to me, probably my favorite just lyricist rapper like dude I could just listen to his bars just listen to what he's saying like man this dude is a genius there right. ain't many dudes we kind of throw the word genius around a lot yeah I'm like Andre 3000 from doing this going through the different phases of rap to from the Atlanta pimp player mm-hmm. type stuff to yeah. you know the, the the Zodiac aliens stuff he was doing mm-hmm. and then from all that, all the different phases of music Andre 3000 has yeah. been through. He's explored all these different things. He's probably one of my favorite. And the Love Below, if the Love Below came out right now, that would be one of the best albums to come out. Period. That album was so ahead of its time, mm-hmm. 15, 20 years ago. Right. The Love Below was an incredible album. And I do call that Andre 3000's first album. I don't call that an Outcast project. Right. Those were two separate albums. Mm-hmm. That you just happened to buy at the same time. <laughs> and I didn't listen to Big Boy side hardly at all. I, I played the label off of. Uh, uh, the love below. I found out that he's dropping his first, technically his first album. The first <laughs> music I I've seen him drop as part of an album, not a feature, but an album, and seems like at least twenty years. Andre three thousand, right? Yeah, that's huge it's, news, it's right? So I'm like, oh shit, man, three thousand about to drop something, right? Like I'm the type of dude in the little feature, anything. Oh shit, Andre three thousand was on, right? Whoever's album, or you know. So I'm like, all right, this shit is fire. So I read on, man. <laughs> I read on, bro. <laughs> this dude's turned into the goddamn Doug Flutie out here, man. <laughs> bro, what are we doing? And I knew what was going to happen, man. Oh, this is genius. This is just, oh, this is just two sides of a genius. <laughs> I'm like, bro, this dude ain't dropped an album in 20 years. And you want me to get excited about him doing the flute instrumentals, bro? Like, what are we, bro, what are y'all talking about? Hey, what did y'all end up being hard, though? <laughs> hard at what, bro? Hard at what? <laughs> I don't, I don't think it's gonna be. Hey, I got folks. I put I put a thing on on Facebook and I said, bro, I'm fully prepared to see y'all really act like they this is though. something like you're Why? so excited. Yeah, about like bro, you know you're, it's on. You know it's coming. I'm like, bro, these are the same people who I see criticize Drake for singing, <laughs> like for like, you know? oh, you're like oh, Drake, Drake ain't rapping like it matters no more because it don't matter no more, yeah, right. man. Like Drake, Drake ain't got to rap like he's rapping to pay the next month's rent. Like he ain't got to do that no more. Like, he's uh, rapping about being rich. He's rapping about <laughs> screwing the most beautiful women in the world. Like, that's all Drake is going to talk about. It, it's all he, That's his life. Like, his life is not trying to make it no more. Mm-hmm. And I see people criticize him for that. And y'all are really expecting me to think that y'all are excited about this dude playing an effing flute for an hour? <laughs> like, what are y'all? Bro, stop, bro. Like, stop it. That's, hey. not, that's not genius. Oh, but he, he's not allowed to evolve. Yeah, but I'm also not allowed to listen to that shit. Like, what are y'all talking about, oh, bro? Boy. Hey, real quick, though. I got some breaking stuff over here. All right, go ahead, bro. Man, I got some I got some sources within the music industry okay. that sent me sneak peek. <laughs> okay. <I'm sorry. laughs> y'all ready for this? Yeah, go ahead. Sneak peek. All right, go ahead, bro. Of Andre 3000. Come on, let's hear it, bro. Flute. Come on. <laughs> 
Es kann... I mean, come, come on, on bro. man. That's a heat, bro. That's a genius. That's a genius, <laughs> That's a genius bro. That man has evolved, bro. That man has evolved. Bro, come on, yeah, man. Like, I was going to say, kind of remind me when Kanye came out with that uh, Scoopy-Dee. Scoopy yeah, yeah, bro. Come on, bro. Like, man, what are we doing, bro? Like, man, bro. He's a genius, bro. Andre the Thousand is one of my favorite artists of all time. Oh, my equity in that dude, he, he has burned all his equity, man. Like, dude. Like, and if you were going to drop this, let me just wake up Friday and see, oh, shit, Andre the Thousand dropped him playing the flute. All right, whatever. <laughs> but like, y'all did like a media rollout for this, man. Like, they're like, oh, it's coming Friday. Oh, man, it's genius. Oh, <laughs> Wait, what? Come on, bro. Like, like, come on. It's, it's just like if John Morant <coughs> retires from basketball and says, yeah, I'm about to drop a flute album. Like, what? I don't, that's not what I know you for, bro. I don't want to, I want to hear you playing a damn flute. Then he got some freaky ass African ass. Like, man, get this big ass recorder. You got this <laughs> elementary school recorder. Like, bro, get, man, get your fake ass Lizzo looking ass, man. Come on, 3000, bro. Come on, bro. Do you think Lizzo's going to feature on this man, album? Yeah, bro. Bro. <laughs> new Lizzo. <laughs> new new, new Andre, Lizzo. New Andre 3000. <laughs> feature Lizzo. Let's go. This is supposed to be the battle of the band. Come on, bro. Bro, get the hell out of my face, 3000. But come on, bro. And then people are like, oh, man, you just, oh, man, you just, oh, you need to get more cultured, man. Like, bro, bro, I'm here for the hip hop, bro. Like, this shit ain't hip hop. No, they got nothing to do with no damn culture. Oh, God. I love y'all, man. Y'all can get the hell out of my face with this. And I love, bro, it just hurt my soul, bro. Like, Andre 3000 is one of my favorite artists of all time, bro. Like, I grew up with Andre 3000's mm -hmm. music, bro. Like, right. the first album I ever bought hip-hop was Southern Playlist of Cadillac Music. That was man. the first album I ever bought, bro. Like, come on, man. You, all, you think it's all about Pippin' Holes, Slim and Cadillac, though. Like, all that crumbling herb, all that, bro. Like, bro. Players Ball. Like, I grew up, like, Andre 3000 was the soundtrack of my life. Like, my, like, Andre... Outcast is one of my right. favorite. Bro, come on, bro. Like, like it's okay for artists to age out. It's okay. Like people, we all get older. Like <laughs> I have no desire like, to hear yeah. Andre three thousand playing a flute, and know. I'm fine with saying that, bro. Like mm -hmm. people, you don't understand, man. When it takes somebody to master an instrument, he he learned to play the flute, and now he's ready to like, present it to the world. Like Alicia man. Keys playing the piano, piano <laughs> singing at the same time. Right. <laughs> bro, you're one of the greatest rappers of all time. It's just like. It's just like if, if, if uh, it's just like this, this, this is the exact same analogy, bro. It's just like um, Trick Daddy is a cook, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, bro, I'm not. If Trick Daddy comes out with a cookbook, or I'm not, I'm not gonna go to Trick Daddy's restaurant because uh, that's not what I know you for, bro. I don't give a damn about you cooking. Like, shout out to you, but that's not gonna excite me to. I, I don't. I think that's maybe that's a bad analogy, you know, but Jay, I don't know. Jay the kids owning the coffee shop. <sighs> Snoop Dogg and uh, Martha oh, Stewart. Jeezy, my all-time favorite rapper. He into real estate. I'm now. trying to see, think of something that's in the same <laughs> lane. Though. Okay, I have a question for you then, Parrish. If Jeezy's your favorite, what'd you think about him and... Uh, I ain't even... I, I've oh, seen... Oh, great. You talking about the interview talking. with uh, Neil Long? Yeah. Great. Yeah. That really? Was, that was a real, like... Yeah, I don't even know what people are talking about. interview until, like, their lives, like, coming mm -hmm. up and what... We all go through. Yeah, that was real. It was a real interview. I, I saw real. some real haters about that interview. I don't even. I don't even know what y'all are talking about. 
I, I know what y'all are talking about. I just ain't seen. So Jeezy, Jeezy dropped just an album five two. He just dropped a new album called "I Might Forgive But I Don't Forget," and he did like an interview with Neil Long, like conversation. something about like justifying why being cheated or something. Like that. Talk about email. Well, that was a part of it, but uh. it was the whole interview itself just had to do with like they're coming up mm. and just what black people specifically we go through yeah. in life and mental and everything. We need to get Andre three thousand to do the soundtrack for. <laughs> we, we probably could play that man album not even get copyright flag. Man, come on, bro. It's bro, I'm, I'm, bro, that is a real slap in the face. And I hear people talking about, man, Drake don't care about the fans no more. He's just putting out whatever. But I'm seeing people standing for this dude saying he's about to drop an album. Like, bro, you are the most anticipated, rare in the hell that's under 3,000. Anytime he makes a song, feature, anything, everybody in the world is getting excited about it. You're really about to drop an album, but you playing an effing flute. Come on, man. Like, but, you know, I, 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 I can I, I got a comparison like when Kanye did that whole the thing at, nah, when he was in Atlanta and he just he did the whole show. He said nothing, he didn't say a word the whole time. <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> Remember that? The music just played. You not feel like sometimes these artists get a little bit too big headed about themselves? Yeah. Like people give a shit about then, mm-hmm. Hold on, this is the crazy thing. We're about to wrap this up, man. I'm really tired of talking. I got <laughs> stuff to do tonight, man. This dude says, somebody says in my Facebook. Oh yeah, man, but you know you can't just cause he ain't been putting nothing out, man. You ain't you ain't accounting for the vault, man. You ain't you know he got he got songs in the vault, man. That we ain't never heard before. So I'm like, we're really giving this dude credit for music we've never heard. That we've never heard. <laughs> we put he it out. Why you dropping it in? Put it out. I love three thousand, man. I, I I let I totally let Andre three thousand go today. And I'm going to listen to this album. I'm like, all right. Yeah, you, know, you gotta, oh, you gotta like, at least check it out to see. Can you please go live on Bluff City Media's uh, YouTube cha- page? When do you the do live that? joint when I listen to it? Do, do the live reaction. <laughs> Come on, man. I'm out, man. I'm out, seriously. But, man, for my man, Paris Sharkey. <laughs> for Kenny Stonefield by the glass, man. It's another Angie the Same show. We will see you guys Friday. Go Tigers, go. Go Grizz. And we out. Thank you for listening to The Anthony Sane Show. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating and a review wherever you download your podcasts. Also, like and subscribe to Bluff City Media's YouTube page. For comprehensive coverage of Memphis sports, head over to www.bluffcitymedia.co and find out how you can become an insider. We will see you back here next week.